0: Two. Hello, internet, and welcome out to Peek Podcast! I know, you guys heard from me just like two days ago. I know, you guys don't usually hear from me so quickly. But believe it, the dream is real. Before the week is out, we'll have another episode and the exclusive special so I can finally stop living under this crushing guilt of never updating anything. But for now, we're here focusing on Advanced Generation episode number four. You can never Taylo. And this is a Pokemon anime podcast, if you're just stumbling upon it. What we do here is go through every single episode of the Pokemon series in order as best we can. And the goal is to break down characters and places and just nerd out over everything. And today's episode will have a lot of that. There's a lot of interesting things go down in 22 minutes for what is kind of a mundane little plot. Like, not a lot of stuff actually happens, but at the same time, everything happens. Anyway, before we get into all of that, a reminder, Peek Podcast is brought to you by PokéPress. I just told you yesterday, there's a whole bunch of fun interviews from Anime Milwaukee with, like, Vic Moniana and Lucian Dodge and other voice actors who've worked on Pokémon. So if you didn't get to go to that con, now the con has been brought to you, which is wonderful. Like, I keep trying to think back to the days before YouTube, and it's just become so pervasive that, like, I almost have to switch gears in my brain to remember it. Like, how did we live before, you know, we started vicariously going to conventions and big events through the internet? Like like i do remember it's just like there's this roadblock that like my brain thinks it's living in a period piece whenever i <laughs> try to flash back there but like youtube and other such sites are, have just become such a part of life now and the way we experience fandom it's like yeah i didn't get to go to the thing but of course somebody's put it on youtube it's been like 10 minutes and it's all thanks to people like steven at poke press tirelessly doing the work of arceus Head on over to PokePress on YouTube and check out those videos and thank him for his good work. Anyway, on to the episode. We are on number 278, I think, Advanced Generation number 4. And we've left Petalburg City, um, we being Ash May and her little brother Max. It's been less than a full day and already Ash regrets everything. May wants to stop for food like every five minutes, which should make her his favorite person. And Max wants to look for Pokemon every five seconds, which should really make him Ash's favorite person. But neither of them actually want to focus on the task at hand, which is putting Miles behind them and lessening Miles to the next gym. Also, the two kids never shut up. They keep bickering and pestering Ash, keep pulling him every which way and trying to make him side with one or the other... So now Ash knows how Brock felt every day for the last couple years. Anyway, Ash manages to appease both of them by agreeing to stop for lunch before trying to look for Pokemon, which leads to a delightful little moment where Ash realizes that food just doesn't spring forth from the rocks. Basically, May thought Ash brought the food, Ash thought Max was carrying it, Max thought May was gonna get it. So, it's not that they were dumb enough to leave without considering food supplies, just dumb enough not to make sure it was actually in someone's hand before they left the house. There's no Pokemon food for Pikachu, either. And he's taking this harder than Ash is. He's like, I'm going to starve and die out here because my trainer is a moron. Ash does admit that it's his fault. He's the one in charge. He's the one who's done this before, He's the only one who has any clue what they actually need to be packing on the road, so he should have double-checked the supplies. And these, like, first episode or two of the season were really instrumental in teaching Ash that he has the capacity to take care of himself and Pikachu, basically giving him the confidence he needs to go solo, but this brief period where he's hanging with May and Max is teaching him how to take care of others, like, besides his Pokémon. And like before, he has the capacity for it. He's been taking care of his Pokemon for years. But like it took Brock and Misty leaving and a few stumbles for him to realize it for himself and thus step up to the responsibility, it's now taking the absence of other responsible human beings for him to be like, okay, I can't just expect or assume things. People are depending on me. From now on, I don't leave town without visual confirmation that the food is in someone's backpack. But it's cool to see him taking on this new role and and learning. Uh, but thinking about food gets Ash thinking about Brock, the guy with fabulous cooking skills who used to be in charge of all things lunch-related. And that memory's not particularly helpful right now, since it's not the movie Hook. You can't just imagine the food and suddenly it's real. Um, But it is ironic, for once, the twerps have nothing to eat and rumbly tummies, but Team Rocket actually is chowing down on sandwiches and is perfectly content. Enough that they're like, we don't need to catch Pikachu now, those kids clearly aren't going anywhere, and we got a good thing going here. (laughs) So the next town is not actually that far away, so like, they're not gonna die, the kids should be out of the woods before too long, they really just need something to tide them over and curb the munchies until then. And Max has just the thing, an emergency stash of chocolate. Wahaha! Or he did, until a talo swooped down and stole it. And this has got to be a weird moment for Ash. He's got May and Max fulfilling both extremes of his personality. Like, on the one hand, it's like, OMG, my food is gone! And on the other hand, OMG, I saw a Pokemon! Like... The two of them are, like, physical manifestations of his id, and now he can just sit back and, like, use his brain and logic for things. It's it's kind of amazing. <laughs> Between Max and the Pokedex, we find out that this new Pokemon is called Talo, a bird with a fierce personality, and where there's one, there's usually a flock. And I'm sure Ash and Pikachu are like... Given how this brand new journey is hitting all the unfortunate beats of our first one, maybe we should tread with caution around the aggressive bird Pokemon. Like, this is getting very familiar. Which might be why Ash doesn't try to catch Taylo, but instead turns his attention to the fruit trees. Tons of food. That'll do for lunch. And since Taylo went for Max's chocolate, it probably isn't too concerned with the apples, and there's more than enough for everyone, Right? Right? <laughs> Wrong. As soon as Pikachu knocks some of the fruit from the trees, the rest of the Talo flock emerge and they're furious. They take back their fruit and then attack the kids. And oh, Ash steps in front of me and Max to protect them, like you are getting so good at this hero thing. And Pikachu uses Thunderbolt on the Talo. The birdies all flop down to the ground, fainted. That was close. Until the birds rise from their comas like zombies. Nash is like, um, Thunderbolt them again? (laughs) Pikachu does, and though it takes uh, the Talo flock some effort, they actually break out of the electricity, like end the arc somehow, and they keep on coming. Like, I don't think Pikachu's been so freaked out in all his life. But the Pokedex said the birds were fierce. They don't back down we are basically facing a flock of Chikorita's spirit siblings. Everyone's impressed, even Team Rocket. Uh, but as we learned from episode one, running from the birds only gets you so far. <laughs> These kids are surrounded by birds who will just not give up and can't be reasoned with. I mean, they stole the kids' cookies and then got mad when the kids tried to take some fruit from the communal tree. So yeah, you're not going to logic your way out of this. Pikachu's Thunderbolt is working in that eventually these birds will start getting serious injuries or die, since they're not fainting. But I think Ash doesn't want to take that way out if he can help it. And in the meantime, Pikachu's taking hits from the Talo leader, so yeah. They're stuck. May and Max are cowering, Ash and Pikachu are trying to hold their ground, and who should come blazing into the scene but Brock and Fortress? I know, Brock hasn't had a cool hero dramatic rescue in, like, I think over a year. The man is due. And really, he could not have asked for a better entrance back into the series, like, coming in all take charge, with Fortress using explosion, and with Ash having talked him up. Like, May and Max are starstruck. Like, this is Brock? Oh, wow. He gets them out of the forest, has medicine for Pikachu, he's got food, like, yeah, he is the hero of the hour. He catches up with Ash and Pikachu a bit, tells them like, the home front is fine, so I escaped that as soon as I could, RCSB be with those poor souls. Um, and we got to Hoenn, he contacted Professor Birch for an idea on Ash's direction, and I guess between that and the Pokemon Center network, he tracked Ash down. Which makes this the third time that Brock has actively asked and sought out Ash to go traveling. For absolutely no practical reason, just, I enjoy that kid's company. I just find that cool. Like, it's not like he's the only one to meet Ash and have that reaction. It's just, there's something about Brock and Brock's character that makes it special. And I can't say in words exactly what it is that makes him different. It could be, like, as I said, that he doesn't have any practical reason ever to travel with Ash. Like, it's not like they're both headed to the same place, and so they might as well share the road. Like, since the beginning, Brock has never had a specific direction. And following that thread, you know, his goals are so radically different from Ash's. And, and he also has clearly had no problem leaving to go do his own thing for a bit, or check in at home, or go off while Ash is you know, having important gym battles. And again, he might not be the only one who has done these things. But like, again, there's just something about the fact that it is inconvenient for him to travel with Ash and especially to track down Ash to travel with him. That's very interesting. And And the only other person I can think of who might have done this on a similar scale was May, and even then I don't think she was planning a journey, I think she just wanted to see Ash, and then they had coinciding goals and decided to get the band back together for Battle Frontier. But even if I'm forgetting something or remembering it wrong, like, Brock was in another region when he split with Ivy, there was no expectation that he would resume traveling at all, let alone with Ash and Misty in specific. But he decided on his own to do that. Not even really knowing where the two were going to be headed next. And now he's traveled all the way to Hoenn. Like, I don't think Ash had even made concrete plans to go to Hoenn when he and Brock split. Like, Brock would have had to call Ash's mom and ask where he is. And now he's tracking Ash down in the woods because he wants to travel with his friend that badly. And it's all the more gratifying that Misty's not in the picture. Like, Ash, if you ever had any doubts that Brock values your company and friendship, this should end that. He's out here pounding the pavement in a foreign region trying to look for you just because he wants your company. And, you know, no one else, like, not Ash and Misty, just Ash. The only selling factor is you. And he doesn't even know if you'll agree to travel with him. He just went Out here on the hope that he can find you and that you want to hang with him as much as he wants to hang with you. Like, no, well, I'll head to the same area, meet some new friends, and maybe we'll run into each other. No, Brock is here with the sole purpose of tracking Ash down on foot. He wants to go traveling and be on this journey with Ash that badly. Brock values Ash that much. Again, I don't think he's the only character who feels that strongly or has demonstrated similar acts of devotion. But there is something about Brock that has made it special to me. And of course, Ash is so happy to see his friend. He's like, does this mean we're traveling together? That's the best news I've had all day. (laughs) Given his day, that's a pretty low bar, but still. Um, And they get the handshake of destiny. Nothing is more binding in Pokeverse than a handshake. But it goes beyond that. Ash opens the personal space bubble a bit, like, regarding Brock. We also get the shoulder touch, because Ash does not, um, or rather, did not do that for just anybody. Well, and I guess he still doesn't for anybody, but Brock has ascended into the give-and-receive physical affection circle. Like, that's cool. And it's even more striking, because it's taking place with May and Max present, and we see the contrast... Of the new friends versus these two old friends who have history and have become that close. They share a a physical space. One of the many things I love about Advanced Generation is Ash and Brock and how their relationship changed after Johto. Like Brock comes back and Ash has matured a bit and they treat each other differently. More like peers or equals. Like Ash has had a bit of a crash course on how to deal with things on his own and So when Brock comes back, it's, you know, he's happy to have Brock traveling with him. He's happy to let Brock take over cooking and stuff and, you know, still defers to the other boy's extra experience. But Ash does not need Brock the way he used to. He's not dependent in the way he used to be. And while Brock recognizes that sometimes Ash could use his experience or advice, he stops treating Ash like he's dependent It's beautiful! Like, and adding to that, Misty is not here, so the two are a duo, not a trio. And it's it's a dynamic change, I'm not sure how to explain in words, but it's like, in my head, it's like, two people see each other straight on, they face each other, three people see each other sideways. Because to see each other equally, you can't look straight. Like, that's the only way I can think of to describe the difference, but... That's the best way I can think of to describe what's happened, like the dynamic and the relationship between Ash and Brock has changed and it's deepened, and I feel all the history of the past couple seasons, but I don't feel the absence of misty like I don't feel like someone's missing. I don't feel like we're getting two thirds of a of a pie. they're each one half, kind of like two parents watching out for their small children, May and Max. But yeah, it's different and it's cool. But let's move this plot forward. Brock, he had some sandwiches in his backpack, uh, but it seems he's been robbed. He left his stuff behind because, you know, seeing a thunderbolt, probably Ash and Pikachu are in danger. It's a reasonable assumption. But while he was gone, someone stole the sandwiches. Or onigiri, but whatever. Serves the same function, really, in both story and in life. An outer grain product by which the center filling gets shoved into your stomach. Um, But anyway, it's stolen, and the kids think it was the talo, but I think the thieves had some human hands. Either way, it's not a big deal. Brock can cook from scratch, and he has extra supplies in his backpack. So he starts making a stew, and while he does, the leader of the talo comes calling. It wants to battle Pikachu. How do we know this? Ash. Really? Max is like, can you tell what the Pokemon are saying? And without missing a beat, Ash is like, that Talo came here to fight. Max is like, really? And again, no missing a beat. He's like, am I right, Pikachu? Yep. Now, yeah, body language probably did a lot of communicating. But there are a couple scenes in Hoenn like this where it's like, Ash does not need to wait for the translation. And why, as we move through this region, I think he basically knows what Pikachu's saying. Like, that language barrier gets really thin sometimes. As I think it would in life. But anyway, if it's a Pokemon battle, they accept. Um, And the animators show off their homework. This battle is already a step up from even the Johto League in, in terms of move and action and camera work. Like... Like, it's so smooth. All the animation, like, outside of battle, the characters have stage business, like, busy work. They're not just talking heads. There's not really a lot of still tableaus, especially, again, during this battle sequence. Um, But even in the rest of the episode, like, they don't just move when the action is important. Like, they have props and gestures and background action even when it's not important to the plot. Uh, Again, just way more than last season. Really leveled up all around. In this battle, uh, it's going well and it takes place over a stream, but Pikachu is not having a problem with the water field. It's using Quick Attack to move around from rock to rock and it's chasing Talo despite Talo being able to fly. May and Max are worried that Taylo's got the advantage here with the flight. But Ash is like, hey, I just came out here to have a good time, and honestly, I'm doing so much attacking right now. He has Pikachu use Thunderbolt. And like before, that hurts Taylo, doesn't shut it down. Taylo grabs Pikachu by the tail and tosses it into the water. Pikachu responds by charging towards Talo with thunder and explodes the river. And still both combatants won't back down. So Brock's like, Ash, you gotta end this. It's Chikorita all over again. It's gonna go until it dies. So for the greater good, Ash has to catch the Pokemon. Sigh. (laughs) Ash is so funny about catching Pokemon sometimes. Like, he's so gung-ho in general. But it's like he runs into some and his mind has them wrapped in, like, restricted area do not cross yellow tape. Like... Like, it's not always a pattern, but sometimes you can see reasons. Like, this Talo is the leader of a group. Like, maybe Ash is thinking, this Pokemon is needed here, it's got a job, like, therefore off-limits. Like, with the Shimoodie birds, like, he's had enough experience with the balance of nature that maybe some situations send up red flags and he, like, just doesn't rush in to try to capture things. I don't know. It's just funny, like how sometimes he's so slow to jump to that action and and throw a pokeball, and other times he's like, "I will catch everything in sight if it kills me." <laughs> but I think he's got to be having some thoughts, like this Talo might be off limits, because once Talo is captured, Ash is really subdued about it. He's not at all like, "Yeah, I caught a Pokemon." And when they're healing Talo up after the battle, he asks Talo if it wants to come on the road with them, implying that if Talo had said no, he would have released it and they would have gone on their merry ways. But Talo says yes, so new addition to the team! Max is excited to meet a new Pokemon, May's creeped out to meet a new Pokemon, Uh, but while they're all introducing themselves, the rest of the flock of Talo arrive, aggressive and on the attack. Ash is like, "Don't tell me they all want to battle Pikachu!" Like, poor kid, he's gonna start having flashbacks to episode one if the birds keep this up. Uh, but battle is imminent. Ash's Talo discovers this when it tries to talk to the birds because Team Rocket has hired the Talo to do their dirty work. They—they are the ones that stole Brock's sandwiches and use them to bribe the birds to fight Pikachu. It's the perfect Team Rocket fighting force, Pokemon not affected by the electricity, willing to fight long after they should have fainted, and a whole army of them easily bribed with stolen food and the promise of more that Team Rocket doesn't have. Meanwhile, Team Rocket also welcomes Brock back to the group, like, How you been? We missed you! And Brock's like, Are you kidding me? Another sign that you've got a true friend, Ash, a lesser one, would have been like, Ash, I love you, but I'm not dealing with this again. I've been through the ringer once. I know Team Rocket is like a cockroach infestation, like you can get rid of them once, they'll still come back. But nope, Brock knows exactly what he's signing up for now, and he's still in this, so. Anyway, we've got a whole flock of birds versus Pikachu, so May tries to even the score by sending out Torchic. Little overeager Torchic who doesn't wait for commands, probably because its trainer takes a half hour to call them. Torchic runs into a rock and knocks itself out. Brock is still trying to figure out what May's deal is, and Ash is just like, yeah, I can't explain it, but this is what I've been dealing with for the past few days. Uh, But remember, Brock was in the midst of cooking food when all these birds arrived, and that lunch is basically ready, so he finds a really easy way to solve this conflict. He's just like, Taylo, y'all want to join us for lunch? And boom, there goes Team Rocket's leverage. And Ash tells Pikachu to use Thunderbolt, sending the trio blasting off into the hills. So, that's over. Uh, The kids all eat lunch with the talo, and and then Ash's talo says goodbye to its friends. The kids do the dishes, and then they hit the road. Like, this is such a neat little episode, because like I said, not much actually happens plot-wise. Like, they run into some birds, and then they get rid of the birds really easily. And Ash catches a Pokemon in there. But, like, again, in that tiny little plot, Ash gets a Pokemon. So much establishing character moments. Brock comes back. Misty's handkerchief, like, the continuity nods. Like, all that is fun. Like, if you consider Hoenn not just the start of a new region and a new series, but as a bit of a soft reboot, this episode does so much Um, To reintroduce new people to the show or kind of smooth over for the people who have been watching since the beginning. Like all the past four episodes have, you see everyone's character on display in this episode. We explain Pokemon capture. We get to see a real battle and it's exciting. Like I said, level up. And the way the episode twists and jumps around and ultimately resolves conflict without violence is interesting, Brock, yeah, Brock gets reintroduced, continuity nods, character relations are fantastic. Like, Hohen started out so strong, it really sold itself in these early episodes. Anyone who was new to the series or had stepped away for a while, like, this makes a good impression. And I just keep wanting to remind everybody, like, when Hohen aired, it was new. Like, now we've kind of gotten used to that whole start of a new region, re-establish everything, reintroduce everything. And some seasons have done it a little differently, maybe even a little better. But being that Hohen was the first to try to do it, like, I remember watching and, and being like, if this is what the series is now, like I am so on board. And to me, these episodes still hold up because unlike a lot of the stuff that comes later with like um Sinnoh and Kalos, Unova. Hoenn has a very clear bridge back to Johto and the original series because it never actually stopped like we didn't actually get a break between between original series and advanced generation we ended Johto Ash was already in Hoenn basically and on a cliffhanger no less like like I think after this episode we start getting into like filler and the the gym challenge and the contests and everything, so I will probably stop, like, just freaking out about how awesome Hoenn's start was, <laughs> but, like, right now I'm still not over it. Like, I'm just, like, reliving all that joy and discovery of that first time I sat down to watch it. Don't worry, guys, the fangirling will fade. But it's good to have joy in life, right? It's, it's good to have things that make you happy, even, like, ten years after the fact. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to keep up with the podcast, you should visit us at our blog page, com, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Zoom, or many other fine services that curate your podcast feeds. That should help you keep an eye out for the next episode, and if you're on the Patreon, if you're one of the subscribers there, keep your eyes peeled. You should get some new things coming up there soon, too. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Peek Podcast. And you can send emails to pecappypodcast at gmail.com. Again, thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you all next time. This has been Peek Podcast. Gotta catch them all!